Mannings on uh, Monday night. It, you know, I watched the game, but li- listen to their banter back and forth. It, it adds another level. Just like Madden brought in a different form of uh, commentary to football for us, I think the Mannings are doing it for this generation. Oh, I agree. I, I think you're right. And and the, the thing about Peyton Manning, I've heard you've heard rumors about him maybe buying the Denver Broncos uh, and, and taking over an ownership of a football team. I think, you know, if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But I, I feel like that he's more of that ambassador for the league, doing things like the Monday night football thing and, and maybe growing that and, and becoming more of a face of the NFL than, than ownership. But I don't know. Maybe that's maybe the ownership is something that he wants to do. Well, I mean, it's going to be profitable either way. Trust me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's going to make no a doubt. lot of money either way uh, with for a guy that doesn't really probably need the money. But it just depends on what he wants to do. I, I really think he'll be successful one way or the other. I agree. I agree 100%. Baylor basketball finishing off the non-conference schedule last night in the Farrell Center. They get the win over Northwestern 104-68 to and just going about their business kind of like you expect the number one team in the country to go about their business. Yeah, I mean, they took care of the Demons, and it really wasn't a game at 104-68. to uh, you got your guys probably off the break and got them some games in, uh, game speed, uh, probably got some guys in that might not see a lot of time once conference play starts, but you never know when the injury bug or the COVID bug might get you and you, people are going to have to step up and play. So, you know, you look back at their schedule board and you, you see a lot of the cream puffs, but, you know, what I like is the way they took care of those teams. There was no hiccups. And then on the games that were the highlight games like Michigan State, uh, Villanova, Oregon, they were able to handle those games as well. So uh, I'm sure there are a lot of high hopes for Scott Drew and the Baylor basketball team, like like everybody around Waco's common to now. Well, and you look at this team that did not start out, coming off a national championship, started out at, what, number eight, number nine in the country. I mean, and again, everybody knows my feelings, that you're number one until you get knocked off from being number one. But, I, you know, you can – argue that point all day long and you're not going to win that argument and so the way that they have fought through and said okay we're still number one somebody's going to have to knock us off this stool now and so having that big target on their back and being able to navigate their way through everything to get the conference play undefeated and stay in number one in the country it is a big achievement in itself just because the bullseye's on your back well, it is. I mean, everybody wants to go out and beat the champion, and, and right now, until anybody does it or says anything different, I mean, that's where they're at, and they've earned that number one seed this year. It wasn't just given to them, like you said. And it, I, I look back at that Michigan State game. Uh, that's a big game. Anytime you get to play Tom Izzo, uh, you know their teams are going to be tough and handle it. Uh, Seventy-five to fifty-eight. I mean, that's 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 pretty good against a perennial powerhouse. Well, and this, this defense is so good. And that's what they hang their hat on is being able to play defense, and they've been able to shut teams like that down. Uh, and and if you can play defense in college basketball, you're going to win a lot of basketball games because sometimes that aspect of the game gets forgotten. Well, it it does, and you know I'll, I'll be the first to admit I have not seen every Baylor Bear basketball game this year. I did catch the Villanova game. And, and their defense is contagious. Every member on that team wants to play good defense, and they almost celebrate the good defensive play more than they do the good offensive play. And uh, when you can get everybody on that page, I mean, and early on, uh, you, you got something special in, in store for you. 
And you look at what Baylor has to do now is get ready for conference play, and that's not going to be an easy task in this conference. There's no doubt about it because of the fact that uh, you look at this conference and you've got some teams that are, are sitting in in a high seat right now, like Iowa State, who's up next uh, for the Baylor Bears, 11-1. Uh, and one. Uh, So, you know, this, this, is a, this is a team that is going to um, – have to have to play very well throughout conference play because there's a lot of teams in the Big 12, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is the best basketball conference in the country, and there's no argument about it. Well, definitely. I mean, they're the SEC of, of basketball. You know, you, you see SEC football, and you see all those teams, all those powerhouses. Now, that's what Big 12 basketball has turned themselves into. Number eight, Ohio or Iowa State first, and then you look past. You can't look past Oklahoma or TCU, and then you got twenty-five Texas Tech. No telling where they'll be at that time. And then if you look right smack dab in the middle of their conference schedule, they have a non-conference game against number nineteen Alabama. So there are going to be a lot of tests along the way. Uh, you know, we want them to win every game, but I know one thing: Coach Drew's going to have them do it. They're going to learn from every game. There's no doubt about it. Coming up New Year's Day, uh, and it will be Baylor and Iowa State, 12-0 and against 11-0 and at 1 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas, and that will lead you in to Tom Barfield and Sugar Bowl coverage. So we'll have all that, lots of Baylor coming up on New Year's Day. And what a day for a, a Baylor fan and, and just a sports fan in general. You get you know the number one team in the country uh, playing basketball, followed up by – you know, the Baylor Bears playing in the Sugar Bowl uh, against Ole Miss. A full day of Baylor Bears right here on your flagship ESPN Central Texas. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some uh, Baylor Bear aficionados, uh, historians. When, when's the last time that the basketball and the football team both played on New Year's Day? Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. We right. have to find that out. Yep. We need to find out. Jerry Hill will know the answer to that question. Jerry, let me know if that's uh, – Something that's unusual. I would I, think it might be. I don't know if it's ever been done before. Maybe not. Maybe not. There you go. See, that's why you're here. Uh, yeah, to ask questions. I don't really have any answers, but I got all the questions. <laughs> Bader women in count, uh, in action tonight in the Farrell Center. They'll take on North Texas tonight as uh, they pick up that game tonight in the Farrell Center after a cancellation because of COVID. They found a game. They needed a game going into conference play, and they were able to find uh, the Mean Green coming into Waco tonight uh, as you wear your North Texas shirt right here. That's right. I mean, I know Baylor Pairs, they, they pay the paycheck, but, you know, I am a Mean Green alum, so I'm going to be a little you know torn on that game. You and Jerry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Shehan J. Araja will join us and we'll talk uh, some more college football and find out what he thinks about the bowl games that have happened so far uh, this season and some of the games coming up in the future, including a couple of semifinal games coming up this weekend, uh, Friday night as well. As uh, game time continues right here on ESPN Central Texas right after this. Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women back in action Wednesday in the Farrell Center, now hosting the University of North Texas. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. This season, join Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm for Baylor women's basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. 
Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving regionally inspired Texas-style craft drinks, offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. CMC Auto Group at Highway 6 in Imperial. At CMC Auto Group, we have always strived to carry the highest quality pre-owned inventory in town. All vehicles serviced, checked out, oil changed, and ready to drive daily. At CMC Auto Group, Central Texans are our customers, and Central Texans are who we strive to please. Great local financing available with incredibly low interest rates. CMC Auto Group at Highway 6 in Imperial. Ian and Claire, tell them where. CMCAutoGroup.com Say habla espanol. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by CMC Auto Group, Highway 6 at Imperial Drive. Former NFL head coach John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. He guided the Raiders to the best winning percentage by any NFL coach ever and then became a broadcast and video game icon. The top-ranked Baylor men blasted Northwestern State 104-68. The Baylor women are at home tonight for a 7 o'clock tip-off against North Texas, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Houston Cougars beat Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl 17-10. Air Force edged Louisville 31-28 in the first responders bowl. Texas Tech clobbered Mississippi State 34-7 in the Liberty Bowl. And the Holiday Bowl between UCLA and North Carolina State was canceled five hours before kickoff due to virus issues with the Bruins. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to game time here on ESPN Central Texas. This hour brought to you by the Good Feet Store in the Central Texas Marketplace. Time now to talk to Shehan Jayaraja, CBS Sports. 
talking a little college football as bowl season continues. Shahan, how are we this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on with us. Certainly do appreciate it. And uh, college football, let's start with the bowl season and the cancellations. Did did you see this many cancellations coming a week ago? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely been I, – I don't think that I expected it when bowl season started. Obviously, we've had this variant come up, and it seems to be extremely contagious even among vaccinated people right now. Uh, and so, unfortunately, it has kind of happened very quickly. Obviously, Texas A&M, one of the first teams to pull out of the Gator Bowl. They get replaced by Rutgers. But uh, since then, there's been four or five cancellations, a couple of reschedules. It's, you know, so it's definitely a disappointment. It's definitely something that I thought that we might be past uh, heading into the postseason. Thankfully, to this point, it doesn't seem to have affected the playoff too, too much and some of the major bowl games too much. But uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that for so many kids to to lose their opportunity to play their last college football game, uh, it's a real shame. Yeah, Shayhan, this is uh, Ted Tom Chesson here. Uh, you mentioned about the uh, playoff games. Do you think that uh, the four teams have changed maybe their protocols and how they're handling their players with the variant spreading so quickly? Yeah, no question. Uh, Alabama was the first team that we really heard about that. They went back to full masking, to full social distancing, uh, to, to doing meeting rooms sort of spread out as well. And I think that that's something that you're probably going to see across all four teams. Not every team is as forthcoming with uh, information, of course. But I do think that you're going to kind of see teams moving back a little bit toward some of the protocols that we had earlier in the pandemic, just because of uh, how severe and how uh, contagious this variant has been. So, you, you know, I mean, the thing that you hear, right, is that at Alabama, you know, Alabama is obviously the standard for the sport in, in every way, really. You know, they they have been very forward about being vaccinated. They have been very forward about, you know, getting their booster shots and all that. And I think that in a lot of ways, the teams that handle this best, it's going to be a huge competitive advantage. And and I know one thing, I know that Nick Saban does not, uh, does not lose track of the details. So I, I think that Alabama is certainly going to be ready for that. I'm curious whether Georgia and Michigan and, and Cincinnati are as well. Do you think the other three teams are scrambling to get their booster shots right now? Yeah, well, you know, the, a few weeks ago we heard that Michigan, that, that they actually as a team almost all came together and got their booster shots to try and protect against this very issue. And so I'd expect that Georgia and Cincinnati have probably done something similar. You know, I, I know that Kirby Smart earlier in the year was very forward about saying that he wants to get his team vaccinated because, you know, because of issues like this, right, because of the protocols, because of, uh, you know, trying to prevent spread within the team. And, and I'm sure Cincinnati's in a similar boat because, you know, look, when you get to this level, when you have a chance to play for a national championship, you don't want some of these outside things to be able to impact whether you have uh, whether you have a chance to play, right? I mean, we all remember North Carolina State baseball earlier this year losing a chance at a baseball national championship because they had an outbreak within the team. So I, I think that they're trying to do everything possible to prevent that from happening because all everybody wants, including the fans, is for this to be decided on the field. Shayhan Jayaraja, CBS Sports, with us here on ESPN Central Texas on Game Time. And I, I noticed they, after UCLA canceled last night against NC State, the team you just mentioned in baseball, and now their football team gets a, uh, an, an opportunity to not be able to play their bowl game. But instead of canceled, it says postponed on that. Have you heard anything about the, they're trying to replace uh, a team for the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl? That bowl's too long anyway. But it, have you heard anybody that they may try to replace that, or do you feel like this is just going to get ultimately canceled? 
Yeah, I mean, it's very early, of course. Uh, you know, we saw certainly in the Gator Bowl, right? We saw Rutgers kind of come together at the very last second to to start practicing and get ready for that game. But the difference between that game and what the Holiday Bowl right now is that, uh, you know, Rutgers had a few dates, right? I mean, they, they weren't going to play in two or three days because you have to get your team back together. Everybody's back home. Everybody's back with their families. And they have to kind of willingly come together and get back to campus and practice and then travel out to the game and you got to make all sort of accommodations to do that. And so I don't think it's tenable at this point for a team uh, that it, that wasn't already preparing for bowl season to make it out there. Now we've heard potentially, you know, a, it, like maybe even FCS teams might be interested. We've heard potentially that, uh, you know, other, other FCS teams are looking at their options. And, and certainly I think if there's other cancellations or postponements, especially ones that maybe are right in that area, maybe that's what it ends up being. But it just seems like at this point, the difference between this and maybe the Gator Bowl is that the Gator Bowl, you had more than a week to prepare for the game. With this, I mean, we're talking a matter of you know days and having to reschedule. And, and so I just don't think that it's tenable to make it happen. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I understand with the Holiday Bowl why they want to try. I mean, uh, there's a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of sponsorship deals at stake. Uh, and, and, you know, when these games get canceled, it does have a major financial impact on everyone. Yeah, you know, you you spoke about the uh, the ramifications and and the obstacles in place of having to reschedule a game. Do you you know is this a sports information director's nightmare when it comes to this? So the the things that they have to like like Rutgers, you know, all the things that they had to do to bring their team in. Do you think it's almost not worth it for Rutgers? Well, you know, I think that Rutgers is in such a unique position, right? Because Rutgers isn't a team that consistently kind of makes these bowl games, right? I mean, it's been a, a good number of years since they've been able to play in a bowl game. Uh, their entire senior class hasn't had the opportunity to play in a bowl game. So I think that that makes it almost a unique situation for them compared to, for example, I mean, like Texas, right? I mean, we, we heard obviously five and seven Texas, you know, maybe they'd be somewhere near the top of the teams in terms of priority, but like at Texas, they were in a bowl game last year. They were in a conference championship game not that long ago. A lot of their players have already played in postseason games. I don't think that there's much interest for them to rush back to campus to try to get everything organized just to play in the Holiday Bowl, right? And so, you know, you mentioned sports information directors and all the information that they'd have to put together. The guys that I really would feel for are, like, the, the chief of staff, the football, <laughs> football operations. I mean, it is – because people don't don't realize, right? I mean, they're putting together, like – flight plans they're putting together hotels like it is a nightmare to to bring a hundred people on the road in so many different ways so it really does have to be worth it for you i mean like you know what one that we saw was like uh stephen f austin's coach colby carthel was like we'll you know we'll come out and play anybody well like that's almost more of a marketing pitch than it is sort of wanting to play a football game in a lot of ways. And so the actual logistics of playing a football game are so difficult and are usually figured out much in advance. And actually, I mean, I'll, I'll mention too, right, when the Arizona Bowl was canceled uh, and, and obviously uh, Central Michigan went to the Sun Bowl, that was a 300-mile drive, right? So you can ride to a bus and kind of bring people over. It's a lot more difficult to charter flights and book hotel rooms and do all this sort of thing. Uh, kind of out of the blue than, you know, have, having to, to do it like this. Sehan, uh, games coming up today and, and great games yesterday. Big 12 goes 1-1, one and one, though, with uh, Texas Tech winning and West Virginia losing and get a couple more chances today uh, with number 19 Clemson and Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl, followed up in the Alamo Bowl with Oklahoma and Oregon. 
the Big 12, are they are they sitting in a good position to maybe put some more on the left side of that ledger tonight? Yeah, I, I think there's no question about it. I, I think that you know, you I think you look at the Big 12 sort of positioning and some of the matches that they have, and I think that they generally have a lot of favorable favorable matchups. And hey, I mean, the other thing that I will mention too is that the three teams that are planning to enter the league right now from the American Athletic Conference have all won as well. So I, I think that the Big 12 is in a good position. Uh, they have some good matchups. I think. Um, you know, I'm I'm really excited for this Iowa State Clemson game. I, I think that. You know, these are two teams that I think that are much better than their record show. You know, Clemson being nine and three, Iowa State only being seven and five, but so many of their games, four of their games were decided by one score. So I think it'll be a really competitive game. I think it's a great prove it opportunity. I, I'm definitely curious with this Oklahoma Oregon game because you've got two programs that don't have head coaches right now. They're going to both be coached by interim coaches. Uh, you know, so like you never know what the motivation level is going to be like there. But but I really think that this Iowa State Clemson game uh, is going to be one of the better ones of the next few days. Shayhan, what are you working on for CBSSports.com? We need to check out. Yeah. So right now, uh, you know, obviously we've got everything together for the college football playoff. I just put out a piece on what kind of Cincinnati's path to uh, to winning against Alabama and winning in the national championship game might be. Obviously, they're they're major underdogs, but I, I think they do have a path. And then I'll be out at uh, at the Cotton Bowl this week to cover the the semifinal game between Alabama and Cincinnati. So it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, check out all my work at CBSSports.com. Say, Hunt, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week, man. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. That is Shayhan J. Raja, CBS Sports. Uh, he'll be at the Cotton Bowl for that semifinal game, uh, and we'll visit with him next week as well. You excited about the semifinals? Yeah, I am. I, I like the idea of a Power Five, you know, non-Power Five being in the uh, the, the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I, it, I think it adds a little intrigue to it. I really hope Cincinnati – Do they have a chance? Yeah, <sighs> I hope so. Okay. I, th I think that would lead the way and pave the way for other teams in the future. All right. Hey, guys, if you're giving gifts on birthdays and anniversary and holidays, well, you're expected to do that. But have you ever given a gift just because? Well, when it's not expected, it means a lot coming from you. And since 1979, Morrison's Gifts has been Waco's gift store for every occasion. Choose from lines of gift ideas, including John Hart leather goods, the big old key rings, candles, jewelry and more always free gift wrapping available with delivery morrison gifts a baylor alumni owned business at 4308 west waco drive next to jason's deli in the bosky square go by and get some uh, brownie points so you can watch all the bowl games at morrison's gifts stay right there when we come back we'll be joined by brandon solis we'll talk a little red raiders in that bowl game victory last night as game time continues right here on espn central texas what a year for Baylor Athletics. A season of joy ends with a national championship for the Baylor Bears. And her unbelievable passion and wisdom for the game of basketball and the way she pours in to her players is why we selected Nikki Collin as the fifth head women's basketball coach here at Baylor University. Wow, what a finish. What a finish of this Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game today. Light the tower green. The Baylor Bears are 2021 Big 12 Conference champions. Here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. 
Come join us. Howmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Howmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Howmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Howmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to howmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for complete listing. Dust off those boots, Texas. It's time for the rodeo. The incredible Ram Texas Circuit Finals, presented by Republic Gun Club, is returning to the Extra Cool Event Center. From December 30th through January 1st, you can watch the best of the best from Texas Circuit battle for the chance to compete at the Ram National Circuit Finals Rodeo. Come experience what everyone else is talking about and purchase your tickets now at extracoeventcenter.com. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I love what I do. Every day I have the chance to help people chart a path toward their financial goals and pursue their dreams. We build relationships with each client and enjoy seeing how they appreciate there's someone working just as hard as they are to help meet their objectives. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by CMC Auto Group, Highway 6 at Imperial Drive. Former NFL head coach John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. He guided the Raiders to the best winning percentage by any NFL coach ever and then became a broadcast and video game icon. The top-ranked Baylor men blasted Northwestern State 104-68. The Baylor women are at home tonight for a 7 o'clock tip-off against North Texas, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The Houston Cougars beat Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl 17-10. Air Force edged Louisville 31-28 in the First Responders Bowl. Texas Tech clobbered Mississippi State 34-7 in the Liberty Bowl. And the Holiday Bowl between UCLA and North Carolina State was canceled five hours before kickoff due to virus issues with the Bruins. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Ted Thompson along with Ethan Barfield traveling to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl this morning. He'll be with us again tomorrow. But joining us now from RedRaiderSports.com, Brandon Solis. And I'm sure Sonny Cumbie was uh, maybe singing a little Casey in the Sunshine Band last night after that win uh, in the uh, Liberty Bowl. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, Talk about a surprise uh, that really not anybody really saw coming. Um, just uh, everybody was excited here in Lubbock, and that's uh, definitely a way that, you know, Sonny just making his move to Louisiana now and, you know, going to Law Tech and just taking over that program. You could tell he kind of gave it his all. So, yeah, it was, everybody's happy. I think everybody in, in Lubbock is uh, feeling good after that Tuesday for sure. 
Brandon, what does it say about this coaching staff that they were able to hang around? Because it splinters after last night and going a lot of different directions and taking over some different helms. You got your defensive coordinator going to uh, Abilene Christian to be a head coach for the first time. You got Sonny Cumbie going to La Tech to be a head coach for the first time. A lot of those assistants that were on the staff, uh, even with the interim head coach uh, being uh, Sonny Cumbie, uh, leaving and joining other staffs around the country and and being able to stay together and help this team get together for a bowl game like that, that's that's unheard of in college football. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people saw that, including myself, that um, they were probably going to go in there and probably you know get beat by an SEC team that was that has an explosive offense. I mean, you're talking about, obviously, Mike Leach and Will Rogers and what they were able to do, you know, even though they didn't have a – you know, hugely successful season, even though they were in the, they were seven and five, you know, um, you know, got blown out by Bama and stuff like that. But obviously it's an SEC team and they're supposed to be bigger. They're supposed to be just overall better. And the Red Raiders knew that they talked about that in the, uh, during the, during the week in press conferences that they're going to have to beat them with speed and not really kind of have to try to match their size because they were outmatched in that area. But this coaching staff, you can tell they were just kind of dedicated to these guys. And uh, I think it says a lot about Matt Wells, too, that we didn't really um, – not a lot of people ever since the win, you know, giving it a day, haven't really brought up. But, I mean, he did establish uh, a lot of this. He established the staff. He established, uh, you know, the roster. And, I mean, I think it says a lot about what this team kind of had, you know, in the making, just what kind of what – this was kind of getting them over that hump. And uh, maybe, you know, if Matt Wells would have been around, the same same thing would have happened. But, nonetheless, um, people just love the fact that Sonny Cumbie was able to – able to just come back and you know do this bowl game with him he didn't just leave and try to go straight to law tech and um you know just kind of just support this team and this these group of guys that are just trying you know to get that bowl game and they they did and they went in there and they they won it in a you know dominating fashion which is even better hey brandon ted tom chesson here do you think the mike leach factor played a a role in this game. Some of these Texas Tech players might not have even known that Mike Leach was a coach for Texas Tech, but, you know, in the press conference, I think he made it a factor, but do you think they bought into that, and that's maybe what gave them a rallying point to win this game? You know, I think it probably had something to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised if any company maybe, you know, mentioned something to them in the locker room in private or something just about you know, the past and everything like that. But I think a lot of the, a lot of it had to do with maybe Mississippi State thought they were going to come in and just roll over the, the Red Raiders. Uh, it looks like they probably were just a little – they just looked really unprepared from the get-go, kind of like they thought they were going to come in here and just kind of, you know, score and just dominate on defense. But then, obviously, we didn't know about the missing Mississippi State. Uh, a lot of defenders, actually. Uh, you know, a few key starters, some starters on the – offensive line i believe I believe they're missing five starters or something like that but uh nonetheless you know they were out with some players mike really didn't talk about that um leading up to the game he was pretty tight-lipped about who was who was going to play and who, who who made the trip um so i think a lot of it kind of had to do with this mississippi state and then texas tech just being prepared and wanted to go out there and just get a win for multiple different reasons you know that pump jack mentality that was that was a huge thing you know they're there towards the end of the season sunny cumby um, Keith Patterson, a lot of those guys just played their um, played their hearts out for them, and just kind of playing for each other. I think the I think they kind of just had all the factors. They kind of probably laid it on the table and said, "This is why we're going to go out there and you know get this bowl game and actually have a winning season for the first time since uh, 2015." How much does this help this 
program moving forward, getting that bowl victory, even though it was with Sonny Cumbie on the sidelines, having a ball uh, with that mm-hmm. team. But Joey McGuire uh, taking over now as the uh, head coach, and he had already taken over, but now he is he is the guy, the only guy uh, that is – there's no interim for anybody else, uh, and he's got his staff in place. How much does that victory help Joey McGuire and this football team move forward? You know, it helps them a ton, and it helps the team a lot, too, the fact that Joey makes all these trips with those guys, and he's in the stands, being, and he's, like, around them without, you know, until yesterday, officially, unofficially being there. You know, like you just mentioned, now there's no interim. It's his job. I think it kind of makes it tough, too, because you got Donovan Smith and Tyler Shuck in that quarterback group, and you saw the way Donovan played last night. You wouldn't think he was a freshman. And then earlier in the season, an example of that Oklahoma State game, he looked like a total freshman. But you can kind of tell he's taken some steps. You got Todd Brooks and, um, you know, that running back room that really destroyed the Mississippi State. Um, you're without Eric Izukama, your leading receiver, probably the best receiver in the Big 12 going for the draft. He was gone. But your young receivers are able to step up. Um, I think it kind of makes his job a little tougher just because you're looking at that at your roster and you're like, wow, you actually have all these guys. you got to see where you want um especially at quarterback, because, I mean, everybody was assuming that – I think everybody's assuming Donovan Smith is going to be the quarterback. But now it's up to Joe to kind of evaluate that and see, because, you know, you got Tyler Shook. He's he's back and healthy. He's been thrown in practice. He just didn't uh, – I guess suddenly he probably just didn't want, want to, in, like, make it, a, make it a risk for him maybe during that bowl game, just kind of focus for next year. But, you know, I think Joey has a lot, of, lot on his plate to work with, and that's kind of what gives them all that momentum and all those outside factors, though. Um at the end of the day, you know, grabbing that bowl win is just huge for them. It felt like a turning point here in Lubbock for the for the Red Raider football program. It's been since twenty fifteen since they've had an, an opportunity to celebrate a bowl victory and and going forward with that has to be a, a big shot in the arm just for this program, no matter who's at the helm, but the confidence certainly is building for the Red Raiders going into the offseason. It's a lot better going in with a win under your belt than going in with a loss under your belt. Defensively, though, this team has been more improved than we've seen in recent years uh, because of the fact uh, that they just – it not really a player perspective, although the players are better, but the scheme per, uh, perspective of what they're doing on defense. How much is that going to change now with this new coaching staff? Yeah, it's going to be something to watch because you're going to lose your, uh, you're going to lose some linebackers. You're losing Colin, you're losing Rico. Um, you've always kind of had this solid linebacking core the last few years. Um, I think the we saw last night, and I saw it on Twitter, and you know ESPN kind of talking about it. But um, Keith Harrison, he wrote, he, he, I mean, he had a heck of a game plan going up against uh, Mississippi State. He put them in position, and you know they executed, and that was obviously nice to see. And I think you know through the past defensive corners that the Red Raiders have had in this last, you know, 10 years where, you know, you barely really had a winning season. I think Keith Patterson kind of proved that he probably was the best one. He actually, you know, kind of turned things around here, even though you weren't particularly, you know, top of the Big 12 in defense or anything like that. But you um, you were able to stop some teams. You were able to, you know, finally beat Iowa State this year. And even though it was my heck of a field goal, but you were still able to, you know, hold the Cyclones off, and um, you know, you, when you played Baylor there at the end, I mean, that was a game they could have won. And um, yeah, you just kind of also you saw all the signs kind of leading up to this defensive scheme actually working out. And you know, since not technically any players have announced any transfers, obviously, I think we might expect that to change just because 
you know, after the bowl game and stuff, we'll see what happens there personnel wise. But um, I think, you know, they have kind of the, the pieces set up. And then Tyree Wilson last night showed that he's going to be a huge asset for that team. So um, I think they, they're going to need to obviously, you know, recruit early and see if they can, you know, get, get some more, you know, linebackers in some certain spots that they really need to fill and address soon. But I think defensively, um, I think you couldn't be in a better spot right now. I think Keith Patterson's leaving you in a good spot for sure. Brandon Solis, RaiderRaiderSports.com with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Game time, Ward White's and Ted, Tom Chesson in for Tom Barfield. Hey, Brandon, we certainly appreciate the time. Enjoy the victory, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Sounds good. Thank you all. You bet. There he goes, Brandon Solis, RaiderRaiderSports.com, as the uh, Red Raiders head into the offseason with the victory under their belt in the Liberty Bowl, and Joey McGuire takes over uh, this program. Should be fun and interesting to see uh, how this program moves forward under Joey McGuire because he is fun to watch. Uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. And a little Red Raider trivia here for you, Ward. See Uh-oh. if you can get this right. Who is the last Red Raider to catch a touchdown pass in the NFL? That's a good question. I don't know. Terrence Steele for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, look at you. <laughs> All right. It's time for the Baylor Sports Beat. Here is a little more Baylor for you with the voice of the Bears, John Morse. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody. It's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on the midweek Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, the top-ranked Baylor men's basketball team remains undefeated on the season, while the Baylor women in action tonight in the Farrell Center. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Ring in the new year with Baylor football in the All-State Sugar Bowl here on ESPN Central Texas. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. You're listening to the Baylor Sports Beat on ESPN Central Texas. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Top-ranked Baylor basketball remained undefeated on the season with a dominating 104-68 win over Northwestern State last night in the Farrell Center. Baylor had four players in double-figure scoring, two with double-doubles, in running their record to 12-0 on the season, winning their 18th consecutive game going back to last season. Now the 12-0 Bears open Big 12 conference play this Saturday and aims against undefeated and eighth-ranked Iowa State. Here's Bears head coach Scott Drew. Yeah, so the great thing is each and every game's a battle. Uh, you got two undefeated teams. Um, Iowa State uh, and TJ's done a great job with them. Uh, tremendous uh, 
uh, um, start to the season, and they're fun to watch. Uh, and, and it's a team that really, really competes and plays hard. And, uh, I know they're excited for this game. I know they announced a sellout a week ago. And um, uh, the only thing we've asked is for 80-degree weather, and I think they – uh, gave us four degrees in sunshine, or four degrees in snow, so uh, really nice home. Again, in the Big 12, everybody's more than capable. The last NCAA bracketology, I think eight teams were projected in the tournament. So um, uh, the great thing is you play everybody home and road, or home and away, so it's all equal, it's all fair. Scott Drew and the Bears visiting Iowa State this Saturday. Baylor, Iowa State, two of only five unbeatens in all of college basketball. 12.30 for the countdown to tip off, 1 p.m. tip off Saturday here on ESPN Central Texas. Meanwhile, the 10th ranked Baylor women play their final non-conference tune-up tonight in the Farrell Center against a rescheduled University of North Texas on the air at 6.30, tip off at 7 here on ESPN Central Texas television tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. The 10th-ranked Baylor women open Big 12 play in Manhattan against K-State on Sunday. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Ted Tom Chesson in here on this Wednesday morning, a muggy, yucky-looking Wednesday morning. Maybe it'll burn off in just a little while, hopefully. Yeah, well, I don't think the golf courses are liking this too much. <laughs> Probably not. Joining us now here in the second hour to kick it off, Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma and talk a little OU football as they get ready for the Alamo Bowl coming up tonight against Oregon. And, Ryan, appreciate the time this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, for Oklahoma, going into a bowl game with a familiar face but a not familiar face on the sidelines for this particular group of guys with Bob Stoops on the sidelines, how different is it going to be for the Sooners? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a, a, a unique situation, having Bob Stoops back after he unexpectedly stepped away in the summer of uh, 2017 never got the you know true send-off uh, for, for him but uh, after Lincoln Riley's unexpected departure to USC he jumped right in straight off of the golf course to come in and, and take over as interim coach for a month and it's been really unique because there are still a lot of players left who were recruited uh, by Bob Stoops who never played for him uh, the only player on this roster who ever did actually uh, play in a game for Bob Stoops was Caleb Kelly. He's out uh, for, for this one, but uh, it, it adds a different element to this bowl game because I think if you didn't have Bob Stoops there, you would really wonder what the motivation was for OU to perform in this game. But uh, it, it's uh, it given them, I think, a little bit of an edge uh, in, in preparation, having uh, Bob Stoops around. Yeah, Ryan, do you think uh, Bob Stoops, does, what is his duties as head interim head coach? Is he just going to say, hey, guys, go out and have a good time and let the assistants do it? Or is he going to play a uh, 
integral part in every play of the game? Oh, I, I, I think it's a, a somewhere in the middle of that. I, I think uh, certainly he's going to trust uh, Kale Gundy, the offensive coordinator uh, for, for this game, and Brian Odom, the defensive coordinator. Both those guys will be calling plays for the first time in their career, which is crazy uh, for and Kale Gundy's part. He's in his 28th year uh, coaching uh, and hasn't gotten that opportunity yet, mainly because of the stability within OU's program that he's been around there since 1999. But Bob Stoops knows uh, about this team inside and out. Uh, you know, it helps that uh, his son Drake is a wide receiver. His uh, other son Isaac uh, is a student assistant there, and he's remained really close uh, to this team. Usually, had been to practice about uh, one time a week. And, of course, he's been to uh, all of the games he's been able to make uh, with his uh, big noon kickoff uh, schedule. Uh, so he, he's not going to be just a, a passive bystander in this, but uh, certainly is going to trust uh, Brian Odom and uh, Kale Gundy especially uh, to uh, run the, the, the team the way that they see fit. Ryan, how different is this roster going to look tonight with transfers and opting out options for the Sooners? Yeah, it's going to look uh, quite a bit different, especially on the the uh, defensive side of the ball. On offense, they lost a little bit. They lose uh, wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood, uh, backup quarterback uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, tight end Austin Sogner. But on the defensive side, they've got uh, four starters in that uh, front seven. Uh, that opted out. So uh, you, you're going to see uh, a lot more Reggie Grimes at the defensive end spot, some some young freshmen, uh, Ethan Downs and, and Danny Stutzman, I think, are going to be able to uh, play a whole lot more. Uh, but uh, you know, it would be interesting to see how different the defense looks, how different the play calling is when you don't have Nick Benito Isaiah Thomas and Perion Winfrey and uh, Brian Osamoa uh, in that front seven group because they've been, you know, probably OU's four best defenders this year. So it's going to look uh, look quite a bit different personnel wise, uh, but uh, you're going to start getting to see uh, some some of the players who are going to play integral roles next year in Brent Venables' uh, first OU defense. Now, Ryan. Uh... Looking at ESPN's matchup predictor, according to the Power Football Index, it shows that Oklahoma has a 71.1% chance of winning. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I might put that even a little bit higher, given how many players Oregon has missing. I mean, their their defense especially is pretty decimated right now. When you talk about their, their linebacker group, their interior defensive line group, they're rolling out guys who are – uh, walk-ons or, or guys who have moved from different positions during the season. Uh, but uh, you know, we've seen in bowl games uh, a time or two or uh, a lot more that uh, teams that are losing a lot of guys somehow sometimes uh, come through and perform a whole lot better than you expect because those young guys are, are really motivated uh, to come out and prove things, and then the other team uh, lets up a little bit. I don't th- see OU letting up uh, or taking Oregon for granted 
uh, you know, given the, the Bob Stoops angle of things that I talked about earlier. Um, so I, I'd probably put it at about 75%, but uh, I'd say that's a, a, a fair uh, rating uh, on ESPN's part. Ryan, what are you looking for in this game with Bob Stoops being the head coach and just trying to finish out the season as far as as an overall offense, defensive performance, special teams, everything across the board for this team moving into the offseason? What do you need to see from this team tonight in the Alamo Bowl? Well, I think on the defensive side, you want to see some of those young guys that I, I talked about uh, perform well in uh, expanded roles. And then on the offensive side, I think uh, it, it all boils down to Caleb Williams and, and what he's able to do. Is he able to put together a really strong performance against a defense that is lacking a lot of guys, uh, big-time playmakers, including a Kayvon Thibodeau? Uh, you know, is Caleb Williams able to take advantage of that and use this game as a springboard to the future for him? And uh, – and also just the fact that uh, Caleb Williams hasn't announced that he's coming back for sure, although most of uh, the indications point that way. Um, so I, I think that uh, th- those are some of the guys that are this game is most important to uh, when, when you look toward down the road and the big picture of things. Ryan Aber with the Oklahoma and with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Ryan, certainly appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight, and Happy New Year, man. Yeah, same to uh, same to you. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. We'll talk again soon. That is Ryan Aber with the Oklahoma Sooners taking on Oregon tonight at 8-15 in the Valero Alamo Bowl. You excited about that one? Yeah, I think it, it offers a lot of intrigue with the coaching changes and uh, – you know, the opt-outs, and like you said, you never know what's going to happen in a bowl game. I just want to see Bob Stoops on the sidelines again. I'm excited to see that. All right, City Ranch Boot Company has a new location. They can't wait to see you. Choose your skin, choose your design, and let them create that perfect pair of boots, belt, wallet, or handbag with over 30 years of the leather industry. Owner Jay Kelly and his team know what they're doing. Design boots for a bride and groom or the entire wedding party, you can do that. Put your company logo on boots. You can do that as well as a sales incentive or to thank your employees. Incorporate your ranch brand or name of your ranch as a gift for your family or just to say thank you, and you can bring them a lifelong memory. City Ranch Boot Company, custom designed, locally owned, family operated, and Texas made. City Ranch Boot Company brings you a unique experience. You can shop off the shelf or design it yourself. They're located at 102 67 North River Crossing, just off Highway 6 and 185, next to the Joko Building. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Visit their website at cityranchboot.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram as well. You can call them at 254-855-7225. It's City Ranch Boot Company. Stay right there. We'll be joined by Cliff Carroll, UMHB head basketball coach. He's out in Vegas for the D3 Hoops Tournament starting tonight. We'll have that next for you here on ESPN Central Texas on Game Time. Bring in the new year with the Big 12 Conference opener for Scott Brew and the defending Big 12 champion Baylor Bears. Saturday as the Bears travel to Ames to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 1 p.m. tip-off for Baylor Iowa State Saturday. The home of the defending Big 12 and national champion Baylor Bears. ESPN Central Texas.
everyone. With today's Cowboys Report, I'm Christy Scales. Trayvon Diggs needs one more interception to break Everson Wall's 40-year-old single-season record. You'll hear from Diggs after this. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. What does it mean to be a part of Cowboys Nation? At Reliant, it means powering the home of the Dallas Cowboys and homes of Cowboys fans across Texas and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family, and it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Dallas Cowboys. PUCT number 10007. Pro Bowl cornerback Trayvon Diggs picked off his 11th pass Sunday night, and just before the play, the stadium digital board showed all-time great Everson Walls, the man whose 11 picks has been the team's single-season record since 1981. Diggs didn't know the crowd was cheering for Walls just before the play. No, I didn't know he was at the game, but it's funny how everything just aligns, and, you know, it's amazing. Have you talked to him at all? Has he come? Not yet. I'm going to talk to him soon, though. In other news, the Jaguars who fired Urban Meyer two weeks ago have requested permission to interview Cowboys coordinators Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. The NFL changed its rules and now allow coaches from other teams to interview before the regular season ends. With the Boys at the Star, I'm Christy Scales. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. Skies will clear by this afternoon with another warm day topping out at 79 degrees. Partly cloudy skies are expected tonight with our overnight low falling a bit cooler than we've seen the last several nights, dropping to 49 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies and a high of 77. Make sure to join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. They say that Nick Saban sent a plane back to East Lansing to, uh, when he got the job at, I guess it would have been LSU, and to, to get all his assistants, and none of them got on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Kelly had a similar situation. None of the Notre Dame people really wanted to go with Brian. I don't know what that tells you. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. 
Hello, Central Texas. Trent Weaver here with W Promo. The Bears, the Big 12 champs, and Sugar Bowl bound. We've got your t-shirts to celebrate both, so come on down to our new location at 2728 Franklin Avenue or Richland Mall in the center court. Get a Hextech shirt or Baylor Men's Basketball Championship shirt for just $3 with purchase while supplies last. Remember, W Promo for all your screen printing, embroidery, vehicle wall, and window wraps and over 500,000 different promotional items. W Promo, branding made tangible. 2728 Franklin Avenue. Merry Christmas. The self-employed face a particular challenge with respect to health coverage. Healthcare costs have just skyrocketed and it has really gotten to where it's very complex and confusing. Hurley Benefit Services Vice President, Tammy Hurley. Self-employed individuals have such a personal responsibility and so they really like being able to be in charge of their personal insurance policies and their choices. Health insurance, if you're self-employed, doesn't have to be hard to buy. Hurley Benefit Services can help. Being a self-employed individual, you are working so hard on your business and to know all the answers or to even know what questions to ask about insurance is tough. Come to us, we can answer those questions for you and find a package that you're gonna be able to afford and it's gonna meet your needs. Set a no cost, no obligation appointment with Hurley Benefit Services to find out more. Hurley Benefit Services is locally owned and they're online at hurleybenefitservices.com. H-U-R-L-E-Y benefitservices.com. Well, it's that time again, the most wonderful time of the year. And just like most of us, the Foundation Doctors thinking about home and family. Hey, Dad. Hi, Jay. What you working on? I'm building a gingerbread house. That's cool. Why's the door so crooked? And why is your chimney leaning like that? I guess my house needs the Foundation Doctors. <laughs> You're such a goofy kid. Is your house starting to look like a Pinterest project gone wrong? Are you worried about the jolly old fat man making it down your crooked chimney? Then you need to call the doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give us a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. From all of us at the Foundation Doctor, we wish you the merriest of Christmases and a very blessed New Year. The Foundation Doctors, just like old Santa Claus, just like old Santa, we make house calls. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. Baby's just a little bit tired of the city. And welcome back to Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Ted Tom Chesson along with you. Joining us now from the big city of Las Vegas, Coach Cliff Carroll, head coach of the UMHB Crusaders basketball team. And good morning, Coach. How are we this morning? No, oh, man, you played me in with a little Pat Green, man. That's, that's the best start to my day I could have right there, Ward. I appreciate that. You bet, Coach. Thought you might enjoy that. And I, I bet you're enjoying getting to play a little basketball underneath the big lights of Las Vegas in the D3 Hoops Tournament. Uh, how did this tournament become a, or an opportunity for your basketball team to be able to go out and measure yourself against some teams out there? Yeah, so – you know, normally during this time we host a tournament and we had some teams, um, you know, because of COVID and, and, you know, travel restrictions, things uh, back out on us at the last minute during the summertime. So we were needed uh, two games and 
uh, call it around, and, and the guys at D3 Hoops called and, and uh, invited us out. And, and so it just worked out. You know, we get to come out here and play two good games on the national stage in, in, in the D3 Hoops world. And, and so, uh, you know, we're going to take advantage of it and have a little fun. Coach Carroll, this is Ted Tom Chesson here. Uh, you know, being out in Las Vegas, it, it offers maybe some different distractions than Belton, Texas does. How, how do you balance your itinerary with uh, allowing the kids to have a good time but also keeping the focus on the game at hand? You know, we got a pretty good deal here because the, the tournament is being held at the South Point Hotel. And so, you know, they have an arena here. You know, it's where the National Finals Rodeo part of it's being held. So, um, so we, we literally – uh, get off the plane and they pick us up on a bus. They bring us out here to the South Point. We have all of our, our meals here. You know, they got 11 restaurants. Uh, they got a bowling alley. We were able to go bowling yesterday morning. Had a movie theater. We went and saw Spider Man last night. So, um, so we're not, you know, the guys aren't out, you know, wandering the strip and doing things like that. Like we're all <laughs> here. We, we practice here. Uh, so, so this is the best situation. If you're going to be in Vegas, you know, come here and kind of, you know, contain yourself to one hotel and, and, you know, get out here at the South Point. And, and uh, so the guys are having a lot of fun. We're, we're doing a lot of things and, and, you know, getting some practice in. And we were able to watch, you know, the tournament actually started yesterday. So we were able to watch a couple games. And, and uh, you know, so it's been some good team bonding time. And, and you know, hopefully today we'll, we'll get into game mode and, and get ready for the game tonight. Coach, how much does this help your basketball team overall as the, the team-building chemistry and the opportunities you have to go out and, and take a trip like this and, and build that team unity you're looking for when you're getting ready for conference play? Oh, and it's, it's huge. You know, I always kind of said that, you know, you, the, your best team-building experience is riding buses, riding planes, and eating in restaurants, and, you know, things like that. So, you know, and this also gives us a little bit of simulation of what an NCAA tournament would be, you know, get on a plane, fly into a weird place, playing a weird team and, and with referees that you've never seen before. So, uh, you know, trips like this are, are vital, you know, to teams that have the expectations that we do making runs in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, hey, Coach, you know, your last game, uh, December 18th versus Laterno University, uh, oh, big overtime win. Uh how much time did you give the guys off between the 18th and when y'all came back together? And do you think that maybe that break, you, you probably had a lot of momentum going in with that overtime win. Does that break kind of dissipate that a little bit? No, I, I think, I think we needed a break. I, I, I've been, you know, I've been pushing this team pretty hard and, you know, I just don't think we've played our best basketball yet. And, and, uh, you know, and I've kind of approached it from a negative, you know, trying to, to get these guys to play better. And, and so this break has really allowed me to reset my mindset and say, hey, this is a positive because we, we haven't played our best yet. That means we hadn't peaked. You know, we're, we're still building. So um, I, I feel like the guys probably needed a break from me. So so we, we brought them back. We gave them seven days off and, and uh, brought them back on the 26th for practice. And they had a, had a renewed energy and, and kind of a renewed focus. So I think the break's been good. You know, we'll see if, if uh, there's any rust today, but uh, when we get out there versus Pacific Lutheran, but I kind of feel like the break was good for us. You're a little bit more generous than the UIL. UIL only gives, you know, five days off mandatory. <laughs> five days <laughs> yeah, off. Exactly. NCAA has, has, has some weird rules about, um, you know, because we had the 19-week rule, and and it, it helps us if we can take seven consecutive days off. It kind of helps us with that with that rule, uh, you know, to, to kind of – move our weeks around and it's it's you know long tees but it's better for us to take seven days 
Coach, a couple of teams that you're going to play. You mentioned Pacific Lutheran and then St. Mary's University out of Minnesota that are going to be the two opponents in this tournament. How much does it uh, in, induce your team to just go out and be yourself, not knowing a lot about these teams for one, but the other thing is just working on what you need to work on to get ready for conference play because you hit the gauntlet coming up on Monday. Yeah, and the way that we approach things, the way that we play, you know, it's more about what we do. You know, we want to impose our, our style of play on, on other teams. And so, you know, coming out and playing against teams that we have, we're not real familiar with, I and mean, we watch film on them, but, you know, you really don't, don't get the, uh, a good feel for teams until you actually play them. So, um, so this is just, uh, you know, good for us to focus on ourselves. What do we do? Can, can we get Pacific Lutheran playing UMHB, you know, style basketball? Uh, you know, that, that'll be key tonight. Coach Cliff Carroll with us here on Game Time on ESPN Central Texas from Las Vegas, Nevada, as the crew get ready to take on Pacific Lutheran a Game Time today at 9 p.m. and then 8 o'clock uh, tomorrow uh, coming up against St. Mary's University. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you getting up early with us here in uh, on Las Vegas and, and joining us here on Game Time. Best of luck this weekend in the tournament, and can't wait to see you back Monday uh, in Belton taking on Concordia University as you start conference play. All right, here, here's the glamorous life of a D3 coach is I'm going to hang up with you and I got to find an Uber and go to a laundromat and, and wash your practice gear. <laughs> fast, so, uh, you mean <laughs> South Point? Are, they provide everything but a, but a laundry service. But but the laundry, and, and I'll tell you, there's not a laundromat within seven miles of this place. So <laughs> it's, it's quite an Uber ride. So uh, so yeah, it's just glamorous the glamorous life of a D three coach out here in Vegas, baby. So. Uh, you know, give me a little coffee, watch a little film, man. We'll, we'll make it worth our while here. Well, Coach, you enjoy doing that laundry and, and be safe in that Uber, and we can't wait to see you. Have fun and best of luck again this week. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Coach. That is Coach Cliff Carroll, head coach of the Crusaders, as they are in Las Vegas, and he's got to do laundry. Something tells me there's probably a grad assistant, somebody doing that laundry. <laughs> Maybe not Coach Carroll, but, hey, if he is, more power to him. Yeah, I bet he's doing it. Yeah. He's going to put in some Pat Green and listen to, to his earbuds and watch some game film. He'll be just fine. Sometimes you need to get you need that aspect of getting away and doing a little, yeah, doing watch, a little laundry. Rinse yourself off, I guess. <laughs> Game time continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. We'll uh, visit with Stephen Simcox coming up on Game Time. What a year for Baylor Athletics. A season of joy ends with a national championship for the Baylor Bears. And her unbelievable passion and wisdom the game of basketball and the way she pours in to her players is why we selected Nikki Collin as the fifth head women's basketball coach here at Baylor University. Wow, what a finish. What a finish of this Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game today. Light the tower green. The Baylor Bears are 2021 Big 12 Conference champions. Here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. 
Caleb Johnson Realtors congratulates the Big 12 Conference football champion Baylor Bears. Camille is a proud Baylor University graduate and is a longtime supporter of her community and all the Baylor Bear athletic programs. For over 36 years, Camille has been in the real estate world and she started her own company, Camille Johnson Realtors, six years ago. Her group of 29 real estate agents are all successful, smart, and experienced, and they have helped hundreds of satisfied Central Texas buyers and sellers. Learn more at CamilleJohnson.com and go Bears! This is Richard Carr. We have shared many challenges together over the past year, but 2021 brought a new business challenge. Computer chip shortages have created long delays for new vehicles. We're told production is improving and cars are coming. At Richard Carr Motors, we have a list of vehicles already in production called our inbound vehicle list. These are vehicles that will be delivered first. Get your name on our inbound vehicle list and be first in line for your new GM car or truck. Thank you, Central Texas, for your continued support. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Valvoline Express Care, 833 North Valley Mills Drive, open Monday through Friday, 6 to 8, and Saturday, 8 to 5. Former NFL head coach John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. He guided the Raiders to the best winning percentage by any NFL coach ever and then became a broadcast and video game icon. The top-ranked Baylor men blasted Northwestern State 104-68. The Baylor women are at home tonight for a 7 o'clock tip-off against North Texas, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. Three more bowl games today. Maryland tangles with Virginia Tech in the Pinstripe Bowl. Iowa State goes against Clemson in the Cheez-It Bowl, and Oklahoma encounters Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Don't miss Game Day Live, New Year's Day from the All-State Sugar Bowl. And welcome back to Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward Lights, Ted Tom Chesson in for Tom Barfield here on this Wednesday morning. Glad to have you along. And the Dallas Cowboys, well, they're playing better offensively as of last week. Still not as – I don't know what to think about this offense. I – I know everybody is saying, okay, this is the best team in, in the NF. They're playing so good. This team can get to the Super Bowl after one sample size against a very bad Washington football team. I'm not one to buy in and jump off the ledge yet. Yet, Are you? Well, you know, it, it was encouraging. I'll say that. But Yeah, I, I can say I can agree with that. You're a depleted Washington team. Uh, one that came off a very short week, you know, a five-day week compared to the Cowboys' seven-day week. And, uh, you know, they – did what they had to do, which, you know, go back and look at that Giants game. You know, the Giants are not a very good football team right now, and they only won that 21-6. to So you look back and you say, hey, they took advantage of a team that was down, and they did what they had to do to beat them, and they beat them bad. I don't remember a game like that where, I mean, you could just all watch and have fun and not worry about anything in a long time when it came to the Cowboys. Well, 56-14 to 14 has been a long time since they put up 56 points. Back in the 80s is the last time that they were able to do that. And that's that's all well and good. And and, and look, I, I said coming into this week that that's the first time in a long time I've actually seen 
a rhyme or reason for what Kellen Moore was trying to do offensively. I don't think he tried to get too cute. Now, was it because there was no pressure on him? Was it because that Mike McCarthy had a little talk with him? Was it because that he just woke up that morning and decided, hey, I'm, I'm not going to try to be too cute. I'm not going to put all these wrinkles in. I'm going to take what the defense gives me, which is what you should do every single time. I don't know which of the aspects those happen. Maybe we'll find out this week uh, as we move forward. You know, Is this going to be something that's consistent for Kellen Moore? We just don't know yet, but it at least it was there last week. And again, you just pointed out it was against a very banged up, Washington football team who was not good to begin with and then you compile having players missing from a not very good football team at 56 points is what you should do to that team well you, you do I mean you say that but 56 points on any team in the NFL that that's hard to do but when everybody gets into the act between with special teams and defense it becomes a lot easier I think this is an aspect of you you have the guys playing together over an extended period of time. You know, we, we they, they had people out, whether it be receivers, offensive linemen, or whatever. Now the only one you have out is Tyron Smith. He's scheduled to be back in this game versus the Cardinals. And so I think with you're getting that continuity back. And, and I know Dak always practices, you know, repetitions and, and practice time. Well, you see all of them coming together over an extended period of time, and it's almost like coming off a training camp. You know, and the way they started the year off against uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that everybody's practiced together for two to three weeks now, and I think you see that paying dividends. And then, you know, you can know you can make a couple of mistakes when you got a defense playing like theirs is. Have you seen a Cowboys defense play like this in I don't I don't know how long. How long has it been? I, I don't know. You know, I grew up with Ed Tutal Jones, Harvey Martin, you know, and, and uh, uh, those guys. But these guys play angry. I mean, they, they play angry. And uh, when they get to the football, they they want to hurt you, it almost looks like. I know Taylor Heineke felt that way a couple of times. And so, you know, it's it's contagious, you know, the way they're playing it. And I credit Dan Quinn. And you got to credit Mike McCarthy some, too, to let Dan Quinn do what he needs to do to get these guys to play this way. They look like they're having fun, which – all NFL teams, I can't say that, even depending on their records right now. It looks like they generally want to play for each other, and that's important going down the stretch run. Well, you've got a lot of stars on this defense, and some that are emerging stars like Micah Parsons, who has been just outstanding in his rookie season. And you hear all the talk about him being rookie of the year. Look, for me, throw that out the window. He can be rookie of the year, but he also he may be – in my mind, the defensive MVP. Oh, definitely. In the and, whole league. And the only thing he's got working for him is that Demarcus Lawrence hadn't been healthy all year, or he could be in the running for that. You know, you, you look back at these things, and you, you say you got all these stars, but you don't have egos. I, I, I don't see anybody on that defense with an ego. And, and if you want to really put it that way, for the team in general. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there are no egos. There's no – you have to worry about – you know, coddling this guy. I know Amari Cooper stepped out and talked about how he wanted to be more part of the offense, and uh, they listened. You know, Kellen Moore got him the ball early and often, and uh, that was able to get done. But I like the way this team is being put together. I like the way they play for one another, and I don't think you can say that about all the teams right now in the NFL. Do you have a problem with a player like Amari Cooper stepping out and saying, hey, I would like to have the football more, or is that a type of player that you'd like to have on your team? Not being boisterous about it, but just saying, hey, 
it, throw me the ball a little bit more, and and I'll make some things happen with it. He wasn't really demonstrous about it. He just went about it and said, hey, I, yeah, I'd like to have the football. Yeah, he wasn't cussing people out on the sidelines. He wasn't making a scene, you know, like we've seen some uh, Dallas Cowboys receivers do. He Just like he does, he's soft-spoken. He thought about what he needed to say. He said it. They listened. And I think that's a mark of a good coaching staff was when you can address those issues and you have a player. And like you said, he didn't call out the staff. He just said, hey, I want to be a part, more a part of the offense. And uh, it proved to be successful. They might need to listen to him a little bit more often. Maybe so. Now, there has been some rumblings over the past 24 hours of uh, a couple of coaches on this staff and a couple of important coaches, the offense and defensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore both uh, being asked by the Jacksonville Jaguars if they could interview those two coaches uh, coming up for that vacancy for the Jaguars. Is that a distraction to this football team? It's it's a distraction in the case that it's it's happening at a very important time in the schedule. But I, I believe both coaches are dedicated to this Cowboys team right now. I think the players understand that. And I do think the players understand that it's a profession, not only for them, but as well as coaches. And they had to keep their future in mind. Uh, me personally, I'd rather see Dan Quinn stay than Kellen Moore. Not that Kellen Moore hasn't done a great job, but I think we've seen the immediate impact that Dan Quinn has had on this defense. Uh, but he's the one with the head coaching experience. You know, the NFL just changed the rules, uh, just went into effect that they could ask for these interviews during the season while they're still playing. And I think it could uh, affect some teams, but I believe the Cowboys are in a good spot right now. Speaking of Cowboys, and joining us now is Stephen Simcox, and he will uh, give us his insight on the Dallas Cowboys. And Stephen, thanks you uh, for joining us here on Game Time here on this Wednesday morning. Uh, we were just talking about Dan Quinn and Kella Moore uh, being asked by the Jacksonville Jaguars if uh, they could interview those two coaches for the vacancy. Ted Tomchesson just mentioned that he would rather see Kella Moore go than Dan Quinn. Your feelings in that situation? Yeah, it's an interesting scenario. You know, Dan Quinn, I feel like the way teams treat him as far as coaching vacancies go will be really fascinating because, I mean, obviously he was a head coach in Atlanta and he did a really good job there. Like they made the Super Bowl. Now it was an epic collapse they had in the Super Bowl. Um, but there's not a lot of coaches on the market that have that type of experience and have that type of success. But he also sort of flamed out towards the end of his tenure and his defense, which is what he was known for as a head coach, it wasn't really that great. Like, even those teams that were really good when he was in Atlanta, they were mainly on the backs of Matt Ryan and, that, and those high-flying offenses, the playmakers they had on that side of the ball. But he's a great defensive coordinator. I've actually been pretty shocked at how well he has flipped this thing from one year to the next because, as you know, that Cowboys defense was just atrocious last season, and they have gone from that to – um, one of the best units in the league and a team that can make plays and force turnovers and get sacks. So I agree. I mean, I think, you know, Kellen Moore is a pretty I, – I do believe he's a bright offensive mind. I think sometimes he gets too ahead of himself. I feel like the offense just gets bogged down and gets out of rhythm way too much. Uh, and I also just feel like Mike McCarthy, being an offensive guy himself, whether it's him calling the plays, or just his ability to go find somebody that would want to work under him, right? Like that would want to work with Mike McCarthy or knowing someone that's a sharp mind in the industry, that would be um, a big deal. So 
I just I think it would be easier to replace Kellen Moore than it would be to replace Dan Quinn because we saw, you know, the first hire that Mike McCarthy made was Mike Nolan. And Mike Nolan, I mean, that defense was just so bad. And I know some of it was personnel, but I think you're seeing this year that obviously some of it was coaching too because they've gone from, you know, one of the worst to one of the best. And, and early in the year it was just forcing turnovers, but now it's it's really like just a good defense. It's not a defense that's just trying to find a way – to get interceptions and fumbles. I mean, they're shutting teams down. Yeah, hey, Stephen, uh, Ted here. So let's say Kellen Moore, let's, play, uh, let's look into the future. Let's say he gets hired by the Jaguars. You know, they got Trevor Lawrence. They want an offensive mind there. Do you see Mike McCarthy taking over the play-calling duties if that does happen? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. You know, I always sort of felt like this Kellen Moore thing was an arranged marriage, right? You know, Mike McCarthy, his whole career has called plays. He did that in Green Bay. And I know – that was one of the reasons that him and Aaron Rodgers had some friction. That relationship got kind of stale. A-Rod didn't really like, I guess, the, the plays that he was calling. But Mike McCarthy has done this for a long time. And I really thought coming into this year he might take that responsibility back just because they were coming off a disappointing season. And I felt like that would be a change that he could easily make, a transition that he could easily make. And so, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the reins on this. Um, but it seems like this has worked fairly well. Now, I still believe that this was a Jerry Jones idea. I think Jerry Jones has targeted Kellen Moore as a really bright young coach, and he wants he wants him to be, um, you know, a rising star in this industry. And if you ask him privately, I think he would want him to stay with the Cowboys for a long time. Now, I don't know how, you know, realistic that is, because as we've seen, I think it was the Eagles last year that interviewed him. Now the Jags want to interview him. Um, other teams are interested, but – yeah, Ted, I think that might be the most likely scenario, just Mike taking back the play sheet. And, you know, he's, he did a really good job of that in the past. I don't know how it would work now because as a Cowboys coach, we've only seen him as more of a CEO, but he has the ability to do that. So that would be the easiest transition, I feel like, if, if that ended up happening. Stephen Simcox with us here on Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. And, Stephen, you mentioned Kellen Moore and the Jerry Jones aspect of the things he's enamored with. Kellen Moore, there's no doubt about it. We saw him once before block Jason Garrett from getting a head coaching job just to keep him on the staff. Do you think that that's a possibility with Kellen Moore, too? He could. I mean, it would be difficult. We saw last season that Kellen had an opportunity to take the Boise State job, which would make a lot of sense, and he obviously has ties there. Um, but he didn't end up doing it, and at Boise State went in a different direction is what they said. I don't know if that was the case or if it was Jerry Jones basically kind of making Kellen stick around with financial incentive or whatever the case might be. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jason Garrett's a good example. Like, I, I think the reason Jason Garrett got 10 years in Dallas was because he was a Jerry Jones guy. And Jerry really thought that dude was um, the next great head coach in the NFL. And he was wrong about it. But he, he really, really wanted to be right. And eventually it sort of just forced his hand to say, well, this is not working. I have to go in a different direction. So, I could see Jerry making a case for Kellen to, hey, you know, stick around for the long haul here, like be the OC, and maybe at some point if opportunity comes around, you could step into that head coaching role. Um, but that's a big ask because Mike McCarthy, I mean, he, you know, he took that year off, but he's not an older guy. I mean, he's still relatively young, and he's doing a good job. So I don't really see a path for him right now. Uh, but this is, you know, I, I think Jerry, too, like he lost Sean Payton. And that still kills him because Sean was such a, a smart dude. 
and, you know, was, was great on that Bill Parcell staff, and he got the Saints job, and Jerry sort of always wanted him back. Mm-hmm. And he ended up keeping Jason, uh, which didn't work out for him, and maybe now he'll try to keep Kellen as the next sort of young up-and-coming coach uh, on, on that staff. Cardinals coming up this weekend for the Cowboys. It, was it a mirage for this offense, or do you see it continuing against the Cardinals' defense? I think they can still play well. You know, Arizona's kind of in a, a bad way right now. It seems like they've sort of hit the rut that the Cowboys hit in November where they lost three out of four and couldn't really get anything going. Uh, Kyler Murray has had a great season, but um, without DeAndre Hopkins uh, and, and without some other guys in the lineup, that offense has stalled out a little bit. So, you know, I feel like Dallas can definitely win this game. I think it's another game where the offense can go out there and play well. I don't see them scoring. 42 points in one half, but uh, I think they can be efficient, and I, I feel like they should be favored right now. I mean, they're just playing so well. Uh, defensively, they're dominating people, and I, I feel like it's taking the pressure off the offense, and they finally sort of got back on the right track on Sunday. But, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a good opportunity for Dallas. If they went out here, then they'll be at least the two seed, which is huge. I, I didn't think that was possible when they had that bad stretch about a month ago, but they've turned this thing around in a hurry. Part of that has been the easier schedule, though. So I think even though Arizona is um, struggling a little bit right now, this will be a good sort of measuring stick of, okay, is this team really – have they really solved some of their issues or was this just beating up on the horrific NFC East, which they have done uh, all season long? You know, one of the things that the Cowboys have done real real well defensively is rush the passer. But going into this week with the mobility of Kyler Murray, and then if you want to look forward to next week, Jalen Hurts and a Philadelphia Eagles team that's playing a little bit better, do you think the mobility of these two quarterbacks could slow down the pass rush of the Cowboys? It certainly could. I mean, you have to stay more disciplined. You have to try to stay in those pass rush lanes and not let those guys get outside. I mean, Kyler is, is just totally different. Like, he's so fast. Um, this is a weird analogy or a weird metaphor, I guess, but I feel like he runs like a toddler that got in trouble. Like, he just he seems like he's faster <laughs> than everybody that's on the field. Uh, and, of course, he's a smaller guy, so it's just funny to watch him move around in the pocket. But the Cowboys are so athletic. You know, we'll see. I think it'll be a good test for this, this trio of Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, and then Micah Parsons, the way they use him either as a stand-up, you know, outside linebacker or coming on blitzes. I mean, they've been able to get home uh, with, with incredible consistency. So if they can do that and keep those guys in the pocket, that'll be huge. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the danger of that is if Murray or Hurts sort of gets outside and breaks contain, then now you're asking your linebackers and secondary to make those plays and, well, I don't love their chances against those athletes. So that could be something that maybe those teams try to exploit, right? Like run some some design quarterback runs to, to get those guys thinking a little bit more about, okay, I can't just pin my ears back and, and come straight up the passer here. Stephen Simcox with us here on Game Time. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you, Stephen. Best bowl game so far this season. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I really liked – it wasn't necessarily – uh, because it was just a fantastic competitive game. But I love what Army did against Missouri. I just like watching Army play. Uh, you know, with, with the triple option they run, they sort of just grinded that team out and made things happen. And then I enjoyed last night watching Texas Tech uh, get it done against Mike Lee. So that was just a cool storyline. That was not a, a great game. 
obviously, like Tech sort of dominated it, but it was just uh, cool to see that happen. And it felt good for Sonny Cumbie, who's obviously a West Texas guy and a Tech guy and spent some time at TCU as well. So um, that was a cool moment, I think, for that team. It's been a while since Tech has been able to pull that off in a bowl game like that. So good for them. Tonight, the Big 12 continues. Iowa State and Clemson, Oklahoma with Bob Stoops at the helm and taking on Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. And that game's intriguing to me just because Bob Stoops is on the sidelines for the Sooners. Oh, for sure. And so much of these bowl games is just about who's more motivated. Um, So I I really don't know what to think about Oregon and Oklahoma. They haven't had a lot of opt-outs. Both teams kind of have something to prove. They're going through some coaching changes. Um, So that'll be fun to watch. And then Iowa State and Clemson, you know, Iowa State is a good physical team. Um, they haven't had the year they expected. Clemson is down, but it'll be a good – that would just be a huge statement win, I feel like, for Iowa State. Even though Clemson is not having the year they've had, you know, the past five years or so, that's still Dabo Sweeney. That's still a really good Clemson team. And if you can pull off a victory against them in a bowl game, I think that's a big moment for Iowa State football. You know, going back to the uh, uh, Oklahoma-Oregon matchup, you know, both those teams have coaches that have left them. Do you think in the player's mind that, that they want to show those coaches that they made a mistake, uh, you know, especially I think more with Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, you know, him going off to USC with all the money and everything like that. Do you think it plays a part in their motivation to get ready for the game? I think it does. I saw a stat yesterday that teams that have gone through coaching changes are three and one in bowl season, which surprised me because I feel like in a lot of wow. cases, like either the interim staff, comes in and stays around it's like well you know they're looking for other jobs they're not super focused or you have a new staff that comes in and they're more focused on recruiting and trying to figure out what they're doing next season and they're not real worried about a performance in a bowl game but yeah for Oklahoma I mean Lincoln Riley left basically in the middle of the night after (laughs) the loss to Oklahoma State which I I know Oklahoma State's a good team but that's still a, a series that Oklahoma has dominated they expect to win every single year um, and they came close and just couldn't get it done, and then he just bolts for the Pac-12. So that has to hurt. And I, I think Bob Stoops has been the perfect guy to come in and be like, all right, let's rally. Like, we're OU. This is who we are. I'm an OU guy. We're going to stick around. We're going to be loyal to each other. Um, so I could certainly see them come out and, and put it to a Pac-12 team like Oregon. And, you know, Oregon, I, I'm sure they have some motivation too. Like Mario Cristobal, I understand that he's from Miami, right? Like, that's a – a big deal for him to get back down there and coach in his hometown. And that's a huge pull for a lot of people. But I mean, like Miami is not the you that it was in the past. And Mario's going to try to get that back, but Oregon has proven to be a really good job. And he just sort of flirted with Miami publicly for about a week before saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to leave. So I, I think both teams will be motivated. I don't know how it shakes out in the end, but um, yeah, you're right. Oklahoma, like they have a lot to prove in this game. I think you're showing the world that they're still, uh, they're still a force to be reckoned with. It's it's weird to see something like it's weird to see bad, unfortunate things happen to OU, like in consecutive fashion like that. They lost Bedlam, they didn't make the Big Twelve title game, and then immediately they lost their coach. You never really see that from Oklahoma, so I'm sure they're trying to to get back on the good foot again tonight. Should be fun to keep an eye on the Alamo Bowl coming up tonight. Stephen Simcox with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Stephen, appreciate you. Uh, jumping on with us we certainly appreciate the time be safe out there happy new year to you and your family and and we'll talk to you again next week man hey thanks guys i appreciate it there you go steven simcox uh locked on horn frogs go get that wherever you get your podcast he'll keep you up to date with tcu all the recruiting aspects of it and uh, i'm sure he'll have 
quite a bit on basketball as well as the Big 12. Again, the best basketball conference in the country, bar none, in my humble opinion. TCU is supposed to open up with Kansas, but that game is postponed. Yeah. Yeah. As a lot of things are getting that way. Boy, I, I hope. I hope neither one of the semifinal games get into that because I do not want to see one move into the championship game without being played. Well, nobody wants to see that, and I think it's going to be all about how the coaches handle their teams. We talked about that mm-hmm. you know, earlier in the broadcast and uh, how Alabama's been on the front end of, of making changes to make that happen. But, I mean, you definitely don't want to see that. You want everything you know, decided between the lines. Yeah, absolutely. Should be fun. Well, uh, that is going to do it for us as we will step aside. And Greeny's coming up next here on ESPN Central Texas this afternoon, the John Morris Show. I believe Tom Barfield will be taking over uh, that aspect uh, of the uh, John Morris Show coming up a little bit later on. And then Matt Mosley to close us out here on ESPN Central Texas uh, this afternoon, leading us into Baylor women's basketball is they host the Mean Green of North Texas, your alma mater. That's right. I'm going to have to tune into that to see see how it turns out, and I'll, I'll be happy either way. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Should be a whole lot of fun. We'll have the pregame for you right here on ESPN Central Texas, followed by the tip-off at 7 o'clock as the Lady Bears finish out non-conference play as they get ready for conference play as well. Coming up tomorrow morning right here on ESPN Central Texas, we'll have uh, Tom Barfield back with us as we'll have game time live from New Orleans. Wish I could have made that trip. <laughs> live from <laughs> New Orleans, if they survive tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think they will. You think they'll be all yeah, right? I think Coach Miranda's got to have them focused. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Wednesday morning. Ted, I certainly appreciate you making the trip up by 35 and joining me here this morning. It was a whole lot of fun to be back with you. Well, hey, I enjoyed it. I kind of equate it to being a substitute teacher. I can just come in and, and do my couple of hours and then go home and not have to worry about it the next day and just, you know, pray I did a okay job and they ask me back sometime. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be back. For Ted Tomchess and I'm Ward White, until next time, so long, everybody. This Dallas Cowboys football 2021. Second and goal at the one. Schultz motion right. Only heard here. Another tight end motion. Play fake. Prescott looks right, looks left. All season. Throws it in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown to Dalton Schultz. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Cardinals Sunday afternoon following Baylor women's basketball on ESPN Central Texas. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget, check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. 
recently on Game Time. We welcome in the head coach of the number one ranked Baylor Bears, Coach Scott Rue. Most importantly, we got the win, and uh, uh, that helped us uh, earn number one ranking for the third straight year, and uh, only us and Gonzaga out of 358 schools have been able to do that. And if you go in the last six years, uh, Duke, Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, the only ones to be ranked uh, number one uh, four out of six years. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The 2021 Ram brand just received first place in the prestigious J.D. Power's initial quality. The Dodge brand finished second to Ram, and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator is rated first among all mid-sized trucks. The Big Finish Sales Event, only at Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. When it comes to banking, you deserve the first. You deserve the first National Bank of Locally owned for over 100 years, we know this community inside and out. We are a bank on your side, and when you bank with the first, you'll have a banker by your side. Want to find out more? Check out bankingfirst.com or come by and see us at any of our six locations. That's the first National Bank of Central Texas. You deserve. 